0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say it's not just me on the show today so before we start waxing lyrical about wages let's get the introductions out of the way. Craig it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again I hope all is well.
1: Hey Dan yeah all really good here. Um, enjoy the FA Cup weekend thought there's some great stories in it and it's a competition that's sort of Lost its romance a little bit over the past few years, but I thought we had a really good weekend. Uh, Snevenage winning at Villa Park would be the the sort of my pick of the round. Uh, Personal point of view, very disappointing. Barnsley lost again 3 0, one of the worst performances of the season. Uh, But I think when you look forward to the fixtures that we've got coming up this weekend, it could be even better as well. So I'm really excited to get going.
0: It's a massive weekend of football, there's no doubt about that. It's also a massive show for us because we've hit the half century, which means last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, it's a landmark appearance on the podcast you've just won your 50th odds on podcast cap how does it feel to make such history
2: (laughs) yeah it feels amazing I mean look obviously you know had some amazing shows obviously made some great friends in in you guys and uh, yeah obviously made some enemies as well with you know obviously Everton down the road lots of (laughs) I'm sure plenty of Everton fans which are Pretty angry at us for, for some of the words we have about them last season. Made some good friends as well, obviously, with, you know, Japanese following, obviously, with the, their exploits at the World Cup. And that, that was obviously a, a really nice time. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Craig spoke about the uh, the excitement of the FA Cup weekend. Being a Spurs fan again, it wasn't wasn't quite so exciting for me. Just one shot on target again from Spurs. So uh yeah. What was it wasn't the most exciting of a weekend FA Cup weekends for Spurs. But look, we're through. Um there was some obviously some some other good games as well though, so uh yeah, again, looking forward to this weekend as well. I, kind of looking through the fixture list, I think there's some really exciting games. So, uh, yeah, not a bad uh, show to kind of make my 50th appearance on. Lots of exciting games to look forward to.
0: Absolutely. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with FreeBets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to Thursday's West London derby between Fulham and Chelsea. Craig, with the form that the Blues are in right now, would you be in a rush to back them to win at odds of
1: 23-20? No, I certainly wouldn't. I don't think it's too wise to be sort of heavily involved in any Chelsea game at the moment. I think regardless of which angle you're looking at, they're, they're, they're certainly not ones to trust to back, but they do have ability and they've got talented players and they've got a good coach, I believe. So I think they will turn it round. So you wouldn't really want to be too much against them, I don't think. I think at times they seem okay and they play fairly well. But then at others I, I really worry for them and and I do worry sort of what this is doing to Graham Potter and how he's thinking and what he's if he's maybe thinking about changing up what he does a little just because the results are not coming. The the expectations are high at Chelsea and, and by all accounts in January at the transfer window, there's going to be as much money thrown around at Stamford Bridge as there is at Wakey Wines at the minute. <laughs> um, so if the results don't come, I, I do sort of wonder what's going to happen with Graham Potter, maybe in like a month, six weeks from now. I, th- I think that's a bit of a shame as well. I just sort of add in, I do think Potter's a, a good manager. And I do think it were a good appointment. So it would be a shame if, if sort of things came to an end abruptly there. Um, I can't back Chelsea. I would be really interested in Fulham, except for one thing, which I'm not going to spoil because you're about to ask Jamie that question. Um, so I'll give you my pick. My pick would be the draw. It's 5-2. to two. Uh, Chelsea not trusted enough to win. And Fulham not quite capable of getting the win themselves because I'll tee you up. Here's what you're going to say now. Well, this is it, Jamie. The one thing I was going to
0: ask you is the Fulham are without Alexander Mitrovic. So he reached the yellow card limit against Leicester. Is this going to put a serious dent in the cottagers' plans on Thursday?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I've only been without him on four occasions. Um, or he hasn't started all four of those games, they managed to lose. So, just shows you kind of how significant he is for this Fulham team. Equally, you see when he has played, they've lost just twice in their 14 matches. So, you know, again, it just kind of really highlights how important he has been. He scored on ten occasions, um, you know, this this season for them. So, again, another really important. You know, statistic and showing how how key he is for this team. So, yeah, look, as I said there, you kind of look at the statistics with and without him. You see how and he has been for them when he's played. You've seen how and he is when he's not been in that team. So, um, yeah, this is you're without doubt going to be a, a really big loss for, for Fulham. But just on, on Chelsea as well... I, I think Graham Potter, you know, has been really unfortunate with, with injuries. I think that that's been the big thing. We saw him go his first nine games unbeaten with Chelsea and he made that strong start. But look, obviously, he has now come into a difficult period. But we know, I think, with, with this Chelsea team, there's plenty of weaknesses. You know, a lack of a goal scorer, as I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think he's kind of been dealt a difficult hand here at Chelsea, especially with those injuries, as I said. So, but the thing in football, you know, it's sometimes you can you can have those misfortunes, and, and that can always co- end up costing you your job. So, it's going to be really difficult for him to kind of turn it around at Chelsea now. But um, I said I, I do think a lot of the criticism has been pretty harsh on him, just because he's been very unfortunate with with the squad that he's inherited, and and maybe a lot of the injuries. I mean, you you look at the list they've got. I think it's a list of maybe nine or ten. You know, even in that list, you've got maybe five or six kind of players you'd think would start for Chelsea. Obviously, Rhys James and Ben Chilwell being two key players there. Um, so I think he's been a bit unfortunate. But, um, yeah, I've been mean, It's also not looking good for him at the moment. And, and in football, you know, people obviously, they don't quite look at, um, you know, whether you've been lucky or not. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting with, with Potter.
0: Now, Craig, if you're looking at this from a goals point of view, what bets are taking your fancy
1: in the over-under market? I'd definitely be looking at the under here. I think this will be a very tight game. Under two point five is evens, and if you want to squeeze a little bit more out of that, then under one point five is three to one. Uh, under two point five is hit in the last five Chelsea league games, and under one point five is actually hit in, in three of those, and they were all one nil defeats for Chelsea. Um, even when Chelsea have picked up positive results, the under two point five has still been hitting for them, which sort of highlights the point about them having a lack of you know they've, they've not got a goal scorer. Let's let's face it, uh, they won against Bournemouth but that was a 2-0 victory so again the under and then they drew 1-1 with Forest again two goals so under. Uh, Fulham are scoring more uh, over 2.5's hitting four of their last five games but as we mentioned there's no Mitrovic in this lineup here and that changes the game completely for me. I also think it changes the way that Fulham play a little as well because they've not got that sort of focal point in attack uh, so that that would be why I'm sort of steering towards the under following those stats. Uh, under 2.5 would be the main bet but I do think under 1.5 3-1's to one, got a bit of value in it. Either a 0-0 draw or 1-0 either way. Very, very tight game with just one goal sort of being the difference.
0: Well, Jamie, just a quick
1: word about Yao Felix and his likely no move to Chelsea. Should it
0: go ahead? Is this going to help Chelsea going forward? Is this addition, or likely addition, going to be the first priority for Graham Potter?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously somewhat of an interesting signing. We know how kind of highly rated he has been around Europe, maybe at Atletico Madrid. It's not quite worked out for him for maybe different reasons. You know, you look at the way Atletico Madrid play, it's obviously a very defensive style of of football. Maybe he doesn't quite allow those, you know, those top attacking talents to kind of really um, go out and and flourish. So that could be maybe a, a caveat to why he hasn't been performing. But yeah, I mean, this could be a potentially good signing for Chelsea. Um, the thing is, it just feels as like it's not quite what they need. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's not really going to come in and lead the line, which they very much the feeling that they need. You know, uh, uh, Craig kind of described Mitrovic as being a vocal point for, for Fulham. And, you know, you kind of look at this Chelsea team and, and they're, they're really missing that. And uh, Javi Felix, he's not really a guy who's, who's going to come in and do that. He's another kind of forward who's still trying to work out what his best position is. You know, you see him maybe playing out wide for Atletico Madrid. He kind of plays as a false nine. He's played up front. He's played in a kind of a different range of positions. So, again, he's another forward who's coming in, like many of the forwards we see at Chelsea, and still trying to work out what their best position is. So, um, it does feel as though Chelsea have got a number of players very similar to Joao Felix at the moment. So, that could be interesting. Um, also, you look at the Blues. You know, they are really short in the goals department. It's, it's quite incredible to see that they're actually the lowest scorers in the top 10 uh, so far this season. They've scored just 20 times. You know, I don't think he's going to come in and fix those problems. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I say it's not quite what they needed.
0: Right, let's fast forward 24 hours from that game as Aston Villa host Leeds and Craig after Unai Emery's men suffered a shock defeat to Stevenage in the FA Cup.
1: Does 10-11 to 11 for the home win tempt you before Friday? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm more than happy to forgive them that FA Cup blip. I think when you look at this matchup, it's not really what Leeds need. Villa have, have sort of quickly become quite tough to beat under Unai Emery, and, and fair play to him. It's a trait of his that, that we all know about, but he's installed it probably quicker on this Villa team than I expected him to. When I've seen Leeds recently, they, they struggle to break teams down in sort of tight games where they're not getting many opportunities. Leeds are at the best when they've got an open, flowing game that goes from end to end. We've we've seen them be involved in some, you know, some classic sort of 4-3s over the past sort of this season and probably last season. When it's a, a smaller, narrower game with fewer chances, that's when Leeds struggle. And I think the West Ham game last week was sort of a, a good example of this. And Leeds only really started to create chances and look good when when they were chasing things and when things opened up. Prior to that, when when they weren't chasing the game. Um, Leeds didn't look quite as good going forward. And I think the other issue that we've got to throw into this is Leeds have got this ability at the minute to sort of cause their own problems with defensive errors. And it's not, uh, I wouldn't say they were poor defensively, it just seems to be individual errors that keep cropping up time and time again from players. And they're, they're really struggling at the back right now because of that. So I just sort of think when you put those together, I'm sort of going with home advantage as well. They've won three and drawn one from the last five i just think it all points to a villa win for me i just don't think leeds are quite good enough of course jamie leeds were second away from a cup upset themselves they were trading at cardiff they snatched
0: a draw at the death so how does a draw on friday at odds of five to two sound to you
2: no do, do you know what i probably would go i would agree here with craig and i would go for an aston villa win i think generally they you know they've been pretty good so far under Unai know i think you know he's made a really good start there Obviously, you know, watching that Spurs game, it was, it was you know, a Villa side who were incredibly difficult to beat. And as, uh, you know, Craig very much pointed out, you know, that's that's a very much a trait of um, Unai Emery's teams in the past. And, um, you know, there were a side who were very difficult to break down. You then look at some of the results they've, they picked up under Emery as well. Obviously, win against Manchester United, which now looks very impressive given United's form. They've beaten Brighton away as well. Uh, they also, of course, got that win at Spurs. Um, so, yeah, I think generally they have been pretty good under Emery so far. And, um, you know, I would look at that, that if they cut the feet. And I'd, I'd probably just put it down to, you know, a bit of complacency. Uh, maybe, consider, you know, thinking they're the better team. I think it was also a heavily rotated team as well. So, you know, missing some key players. And again, it was just, you know, did it come down to were they too complacent there? So, um, yeah, I, I still would back them to win here, especially at Villa Park.
0: Now, Craig, there have been over 2.5 goals in six of Leeds' last seven league outings. So you can get four to
1: five for that to
0: happen again on Friday. Is this of interest
1: to you? You're right. Uh, yeah, it has. And um, Leeds drew nil-nil up away at Newcastle. A really good point for them, by the way. But that's a real sort of anomaly when you look at their results and how their goals have been going in. Um, and, and again, this sort of goes back to them... You know, in games when they've got to chase, they do open up and, and they can have the ability to break teams down. But, but they are struggling a little elsewhere when they've not sort of got that freedom about them and, and they are prone to conceding goals. Get ahead early in this one and then leads do open up a bit. Uh, Villa's still good enough to maintain the lead. Maybe something like a 2-1 Villa win, something like that. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd sort of do just favour the uh, the over in this one. Four to five it is.
0: Now, Jamie, if you're looking at this match from an any-time goalscorer point of view, what pick takes your fancy
1: before kickoff?
2: You know, there wasn't particularly any names that were really jumping off the page. And I think the odds kind of suggested that too. I think the shortest odds um, for an any-time goalscorer was 2-1 to for Danny to score. Um, I think, you know, he is obviously that top goalscorer at the moment. He's got seven goals, which is i think it's fairly okay then you look at the rest of the list there's a couple on four so you know villa haven't been particularly emphatic scorers. as i said i probably will go for a villa goal scorer here just because i think they will come out as the winners um so maybe looking at you know slightly further down the list and maybe a a pick that that's slightly better value i'm going to go for leon bailey um he's at three to one he's been playing as kind of in a striker role as well so i think there he's going to get more you know plenty of chances and um yeah, so he's going to be my pick. He has got four goals this season. He's one of the players, as I mentioned, who's on four. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Leon Bailey uh, to score any time at 3-1. to one.
0: Right, we're going to go Bet building once again. And with the Manchester Derby taking place at Old Trafford, it makes perfect sense to go there. So we're going to look to construct another winner, which means, Craig,
1: once again, I'd like an any time goal
0: scorer from you, please.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you here, Dan, and, and tell you that I, uh, I picked someone out here, wrote two or three lines about their chances, uh, logged on and checked the odds, and I've changed my mind uh, because I, I can't believe the odds that are on offer about the player that I am going to go with, and that player is Marcus Rashford. Uh, he's available at 9-2 to two to score any time in this game, which I think is absolutely massive. Um, we all spoke about how good Rashford was in the World Cup. Uh, since he's come back to United, he's played six games, and he's started four of those, and he's come on as a sub in the other two. Um, both times when coming on the sub he's come on and made a big impact he scored seven goals in those six games and being the best attacking player on the pitch for Manchester United he's sort of the, at the minute they, they probably don't want him to be the main focus of their attack but at the minute he is and there's a lot of talk about Manchester United needing an out-and-out striker but Marcus Rashford sort of bring over the cracks um, I just think he's 9-2 to, to score any time in this one's absolutely enormous considering his form I do think United will score in the game that's a great start, Jamie. What have you got on the over/under goals?
2: Yeah, I, I think with this one we could certainly have a you know a very big odds here because I'm going to go for over three point five goals, uh, which is the thirteen to eight. Um, I think in this game, you know, we we saw especially last year in the, in the two fixes that were played um, between these between these two teams. 14 goals were scored in two matches, so lots of goals. Of course, we saw, I think it was 6 3. This, this fixture uh, ended earlier in the season as well. So I think there's going to be plenty of goals in this one. Um, I think both teams are more than capable of scoring. You know, Marcus Rashford, as we just mentioned there, was, was is on fire at the moment. So I think this will be a really entertaining game. And um, yeah, I think there's going to be lots of goals. And so I'm going to go for over 3.5.
0: A flurry of goals there. I'm actually going to go for an outcome, which I don't usually do, and I'm going to go for Manchester United in the double chance market, which is a win or a draw. I see them getting something at the weekend. I just feel that they're in the groove at the moment, aren't they? You know, Winning in the AFL Cup last night, that being Tuesday, they won in the FA Cup days before. They're in scintillating form in the Premier League. I just feel that obviously they've got a bit of revenge on their mind after getting mauled at the FA earlier in the season. I just feel that The form book might go out the window. Obviously City are going to be favourites to win, but I just feel that it's going to be quite a pivotal weekend in the title race. I feel United might just throw a spanner in the works. Okay then, just to recap our three picks, we've gone for Craig and Marcus Rashford to score at any time. Jamie's gone big on the goals, he's gone for over three point five. And I've gone for United to pick up at least a point against their nearest rivals. That is odds of 16 to 1. £10 on the betting slip, £170 in your back pocket if that one comes good. I hope it comes good for us. I hope it comes good for you. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, there's no doubt that Manchester United are in the groove right now. Can they derail their noisy neighbours come Saturday lunchtime?
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game, Dan. I think it's certainly, soft. I appreciate you to a not a neutral point of view, but from a neutral point of view, it's the more exciting of the two big derbies that we've got to look forward to this weekend. And the reason for that is all because of the form that Manchester United are showing right now. Um, they've played six and won six in all competitions since the World Cup break. They've conceded just one goal in the process, and to be honest, I don't really think they've got out of second gear as well while doing that. Yeah, that you know you can point your finger and say, well, the opposition they've been playing's not been very good, and that's a fair point. Yeah, but the way that United have completely sort of, with ease, pretty much taken apart the teams that they've played so far has been a, it's been, it's been good to watch, and I'm glad they've kept it going up until this. I would say it's probably been a few years since sort of United fans were looking forward to playing City this much as what this should be this weekend. Um, the past few years, they've probably dreaded it a little. And, and I think in many ways, sort of like the club feeling will have been a similar way. You know, United probably dreaded playing City over the past few years, but they should be looking forward to this one. There's every reason to think that they can give Manchester City a game on Saturday. Um, of course, what United do need to do is, as we sort of mentioned, they've not really got out of second gear for the past few weeks. Well, they need to go and they need to find third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, and they're going to need them. I've looked at the double chance market, the one that you just mentioned in the, in the bet builder, but I wanted to go with something a little bit bigger in here. I didn't want to put that up just as a sort of single bet in this one, so I'm going to go with a draw at 13 to five. I think United will stand up really well against City. I think they'll throw plenty at them. I think both teams will score, but ultimately both teams might end up having to settle for a point in this one. And I would talk between 1-1 and 2-2, but Simon went with 1-1, uh, which is 13 to two for a correct score pick. If anybody's wanting a bit. A bit bigger interest in this one, but it should be a really, really good game. I think United come in in enough form to make me think they can really make a go of this. And I do think they'll get something from it.
0: Now, Jamie, on the other hand, can City cut the gap at the top to two points if they win on Saturday? Do you reckon this will be able to apply further pressure on Arsenal?
2: I think they can cut the gap at the top. Um, I, I don't think they'll do it with a win, though. Um, I do think this game will end in a draw. I went for over 3.5 goals because I really like the look of 2 all here, um, which you can get at 14-1. to one. That, for me, would probably be my correct score pick for this game. Um, but, yeah, I think as well, you look at Arsenal, um, they've obviously got another a very difficult away game at Spurs and obviously you know, a big away derby there. Um, But look, Manchester City themselves, they're going to face a very tough test here against the Manchester United team who come into this in great form. It's just one defeat in the last 10. They've won four straight matches in a row as well. They've also been really good at Old Trafford this season. They've won six of their eight league games there. So, um, yeah, I think City are going to face a very stern test here. Against a Manchester United team of flying at the moment. Um, I think Marcus Rashford is going to be really interesting to see how he does on the weekend, and um, I, I really fancy him to get on the score sheet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, Manchester City will get something from this game, but I don't think it's going to be a win. I think it will end as a draw this one.
0: Now, Craig, if you're looking at this game from a half time, full time point of view, how do you see events unfolding at Old Trafford?
1: Uh, rather than going with the lower odds and the draw draw scenario, Um, I'm going to go with Manchester United to be winning at half-time and a draw full-time. It's available at 14-1 to this. I think it's more than fair shout. We've seen United come out and dominate early in a few games recently. And if you think back to the Manchester City game against Chelsea, away from home last weekend, the league game, um, City weren't as adventurous in the first half but then really turned it on when they made subs in the game later on and sort of really got a grip on that game and took it on and eventually got the win. So, just for a bit of interest, sort of the home side, Manchester United to get ahead early, uh, crowd no doubt behind them, getting with, with an advantage at half-time, but then City to peg them back. Jamie,
0: both teams to score is currently at 8-13. to Is this going to be an easy addition to any weekend accumulator?
2: You know, as much as I do really fancy goals, and I I ultimately do think there will be lots of goals, I think there can be made the case for for maybe both teams. No, I I think I'd, I'd probably say that because Um, You know, Manchester United, I think they've been excellent defensively recently. Um, They've conceded just four times at Old Trafford this season. So a team, again, who who aren't conceding many goals, especially at home. Manchester City on their travels equally, they've only conceded six times. So it's two teams with with strong defences here. But again, you then look at the attacks of both teams. You know, they're in such great form at the moment. Again, you know, I mentioned Marcus Rashford. He's flying at the moment. Obviously, we know the kind of the goal scoring exploits of, of Manchester City as well. So, yeah, it's really difficult to kind of predict this one in terms of will there be lots of goals? Will both teams to score? But um, I think, you know, given maybe the way that recently we've seen in the Manchester derby, I said, you know, there's been lots, there lots of goals in, in the two games that were played uh, in 2022. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I, I do think there'll be plenty of goals, um, despite both teams having strong defences at the moment.
0: Right, it's time for our long shot Aka next. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for a pretty big one and I'm going to go for Brighton to beat Liverpool Um, at home. You can get that at five to two. Um, I think it's a really tough test for the Reds, obviously, going away to Brighton. This is their second game without Virgil van Dijk. I think both kind of physically and mentally, I think they're going to really miss him. I think, you know, physically we know kind of the presence that he brings to that team, how good he is. Um, But I think mentally as well, it's going to be kind of really tough to know that they're missing such a key player and I think to have, you know, suffered such a big blow, they're obviously missing players with through injury already. So that's going to kind of compound, further compound that. Um, So, yeah, I I think, you know, we know that he's just going to have such a big, you know, his absence is, is going to be, you know, massive for them. I think as well, another player that I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing at the weekend is is Matoma. Um, You know, I remember watching him a couple of months ago play against Spurs. He came off the bench and he just looked like such a handful for Spurs. Um, And then he made a couple more substitute appearances, continued to impress. He's starting to, you know, really kind of um, produce some really top performances and adding goals to his game. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how he gets on the weekend. I think Brighton, you know, have done it again in terms of unearthing another gem there think he's going to be a real problem for the Reds. And uh, as I said, I think Brighton will, will, will win this one, um, odds of 5-2. to two.
0: That's a strong shout, that one. Craig, what have you got up your sleeve?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go to a game that screams goals to me. I'm going with a goals pick and it's Charlton v Barnsley. So it's my own team and I'm going with over 3.5 goals in this one, which is available at 9-4. to 4. So since Christmas, Charlton have been involved in two league games with four goals. They've both won and lost 3-1 in the past couple of weeks. They conceded three against Manchester United on Tuesday night. Uh, Barnsley come here on the back of two 3-0 defeats. Now, they're creating a lot more chances than that suggests, but certainly defending a lot worse than what they were at the start of the season. Uh, Going back to the start of the season, in September, these two played each other at Oakwell. It was a game that ended 3-1 to Barnsley, but to be honest, it probably could have been about 6-6. There were absolutely tons of chances at both ends. Uh, A couple of open goals missed as well. A really open game. And, and that's sort of exactly what I'm hoping for on Saturday. Again, both teams sort of showing the ability to score and concede in big numbers. So it's Charlton v. Barnsley over 3.5 goals at 9-4 to for me.
0: I like the sound of that. I'm going to go to League Two as Crawley play host to Doncaster. And with the Red Devils slipping down the table, they are in desperate need of a win on Saturday. Admittedly, they haven't won any of their last five. And with no manager at present, they are a club in turmoil. However, they should have won away at Newport, and were it not for a 95th minute equaliser, they would have. Of the few positives they have shown this season, it has come at home, and with this being a massive game in terms of their season, dare I say even the club's long-term future, I'm backing them to turn things around and pick up a home win at odds of 2-1. And of course, check out FreeBets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's look at another big weekend derby. It's the North London offering this time. And Craig, Spurs are unbeaten at home in this fixture since March 2014. Can they extend that run on Sunday? Would you take the double chance odds of four to six?
1: You know, I'm sort of torn between saying what I think about (coughs) Spurs right now and uh, trying to keep my place on the podcast and get 50 caps like like Jamie has done. So um, I, I will start. So... When was the last time we saw Spurs put in a good 90-minute performance? And, and I stress 90-minute performance. Um, I think it's ages ago, to be honest with you. And the, One of the key things about the Premier League is when you play the best teams in the Premier League, you can't just get away with performing in one half. It needs to be a full 90-minute performance. Even if you look back to last week, Spurs played away at Crystal Palace and won 4 nil Brilliant win. But in that first half, there were periods where Crystal Palace dominated the game and should have scored a goal, which would have completely changed things. But, but luckily for Spurs, they didn't. Spurs came out in the second half and were very good. But I go back to that: you, you sort of you need a ninety-minute performance to beat the best in the Premier League, and I can't remember the last time I saw Spurs give it a, a good full ninety-minute performance. I'll let Jamie talk more about Spurs in a second. But just on Arsenal for for me, um, Arsenal have, have had one sort of what you would call a recent blip. Uh, but that was a nil-nil home draw against Newcastle. They could have break down one of the best defensive groups in the league. Um, the Spurs defence isn't at the same level as Newcastle, in my opinion. So I, I, I've got to go with Arsenal here, and I do apologise in advance. Uh, they're 6-5 to, to win this. And yes, it's a derby, and that can sort of slightly fl- throw the form book out the window, maybe. But there's nothing that I've seen from Tottenham that would convince me to back them, either to back them in the win market or even on the double-chance market. I just don't think they've been good enough for a 90 minutes. They've had one blip, but that blip was was a nil-nil draw against a good defensive team. So, I'm sorry to say it, boys, but it's Arsenal for me, 6-5.
0: Right, Jamie, let's not try and fall out with Craig. But we can remember that Spurs (laughs) have won each of the last three home league North London derbies, so would you be going all out and backing the home win at 21-10?
2: to 10? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously I've not heard some very nice words to say yeah. about Spurs in the past. Um, obviously, you know, some really poor performances, especially kind of um, since, you know, since the turn of the year as well. So we saw that defeat to Aston Villa. Um, you know, the first half of Crystal Palace was really difficult to watch. Maybe not such a great performance against Portsmouth either. I really, I, I'm still going to lean towards Spurs in this one. I think with the North London derby, I know obviously there is the old cliché about form going out the window, but it really does. Um, you know, it's just one win for the visitors since 2013 in this fixture. That was Arsenal for Spurs. Their last win uh, away at the Emirates was, um, you know, back in 2010. So the away side always finds this one very difficult, and it's just simply because. This is such a such a passionate derby, and the, the, being you know playing at the Emirates or playing at White Hart Lane. It's always incredibly difficult for that away side, and I do think that that will kind of play a part. So, I think Arsenal more than capable of coming here and getting something, um, but I don't think they're going to come here and get the win. Um, I think a draw is possible, but I just think it's going to be interesting to see now. I mean, look, clearly Arsenal are the best team in the league at the moment. The one thing that I'm interested to see, kind of how they're going to deal with, is now that pressure of being that team that's out in front. You know, we saw last season, they were very much kind of the favourites ahead of Spurs to, to finish in that top four, but they kind of buckled under the pressure. Um, and this one, I think, is going to be, obviously, this is the start of a, a really tough run of games for, for Arsenal. I think they've got Manchester United as well uh, to come up. Soon. Um, obviously, going away to Spurs, this is going to be such a difficult one for them. So now it's going to be can they deal with that pressure? We saw maybe against Newcastle a very uh, uh, animated Mikel Arteta on the sidelines. He was absolutely desperate for kind of any decision to go against them. We saw him running up and down the touchline. I just wonder whether that's maybe the pressure getting to him a little bit. And um, as I said, it's also a young Arsenal team, slightly inexperienced manager as well. So this is, I think that that's going to be such an interesting factor, how they do deal with the pressure. And the pressure is going to be on the big time on the weekend, because I think Spurs, you know, regardless of how we've been playing, regardless of maybe the situation that's going on at the club in terms of the ownership... Um, I still think Spurs fans are going to be absolutely bang up for this. and going to make it a really hostile atmosphere for Arsenal. We very much saw that last season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for Spurs, actually, I do think this is the, this is more important fixture. Um, I think for Arsenal, they'll probably factor in that they're not going to get three points here. Um, but I think for Spurs, this is really feels like a make or break game. I think if they were to lose this one, given kind of the situation that Spurs are in at the moment with... Like I said, difficult performances under Antonio Conte, maybe question marks of his future, question marks over the board and kind of are they doing the right job at the moment. That could really turn if we were to lose against Arsenal and it could really spiral. But equally, I think a win could could really catapult our season to go on and beat Arsenal would obviously be a massive achievement regardless of it being a home game. I think it'll be a chance for Spurs to really kick on. So I'm going to go for a Spurs win.
0: Now, Craig, there have been over 2.5 goals in six of Spurs' last seven league outings are you tempted by over 3.5 goals, odds of
1: 2-1? to one? Yeah, you certainly want to look at if you wanted a little more value with the odds. Um, over 2.5 is odds on at 4-5. to five. So so if you want a little bit more, then over 3.5 is the one to look at, I think. yeah, Arsenal will attack here. Yeah. I, I do think that Arsenal will attack. So I don't think they, they really know how to play any other way at the minute. Um, the best sort of hope for goals is that Spurs concede because when they're chasing a game, they come into life and, and things open up. And, and it, you know... Although you want Spurs to win from your side, from a neutral point of view, I think if Arsenal were to score quite early on and that would really open the game up and sort of force Spurs onto Arsenal, I think it'd make for a, a, a great game. Um, it's a derby, so you have to sort of think sometimes they are a bit cagey, but I don't think that will be the case here. As uh, Well, let's hope not. Anyway, um, I think over 2.5 is maybe slightly safer than over 3.5. But if you're asking me for a correct score pick, I'll be giving you Arsenal 3-1 here. So that would mean that over 3.5 would hit. And Arsenal 3-1, by the way, did catch my eyes. It's 18-1. I think that's a massive price for a, uh, an Arsenal win in a game where I do think both teams will score and we will see goals. Uh, I sure you won't agree with that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I do like goals. I think if you want like an accumulator pick, maybe it's safer than over 2.5. But as a standalone signal, over 3.5 does appeal. And like I say, Arsenal 3-1 would be my pick for a, for a correct score. So that would mean that over 3.5 would hit.
0: Now, Jamie, two to one are the same odds that you can get for Eddie Nketiah to score any time. But I want to focus on Harry Kane. He's two goals from taking Jimmy Grease's Tottenham record for himself would you back him at odds of 15-2 to mm-hmm. two to bag at least a brace on Sunday?
2: This is going to be an interesting one because I think for Spurs, it's more important for them to go and get uh, the win here rather than for Arsenal. I it's obviously maybe going to see them produce a, have to produce maybe a different um, kind of approach to the game than they usually do in terms of going attacking. And uh, it very much felt like that last season. You know, Arsenal, they kind of came into this game. Obviously, it was a couple of games left in the race of the top four. And, you know, they, need, they just needed to kind of draw this one. and. Um, it felt like there was a bit of uncertainty with Arsenal in terms of how to set up, and maybe a bit of uncertainty on Mikel Arteta's part. Um, and that kind of allowed Spurs to just have so many chances and kind of rip Arsenal apart. And um, I think it's going to be the similar case here. I said, I think for Arsenal, again, they just need to come here really and, and just take a point. I think that that's, that's probably the way to go. Again, I just, you know, regardless of form and, and how Spurs have been playing, I think it really is the case that um, that the form does go out the window in, in this game. Um, so I think for Harry Kane, I think he will get plenty of chances to score here. Um, you know and again whatever you think of Harry Kane you know his goal scoring record you know uh, I think as well his, his goal scoring record just in general against Arsenal is, is kind of undeniable you know he's, he's the top score in this fixture you know recently overtook Thierry Henry he's got 14 goals in 18 appearances against the Gunners so um, I think without doubt he's also going to have that record in mind and um, I know without uh, you know without shadow of a doubt he's going to want to do it against Arsenal so I think he's going to be bang up for this game and uh do you know I, I would back in to get a brace here, and especially at those at that price. I just think with with that record in mind, with it potentially being against Arsenal, with this being such an important game for Spurs, because I I really know that Spurs will very much know that this is you know could potentially be the catapult they needed, um to kind of get the season back on track. And uh, yes, I think Harry Kane to be bang up for this one, so I would back him to score a brace here.
0: Right, it's not a derby, but this clash will have Roberto De Zerbi in the technical area. It's Brighton versus Liverpool, and Craig, is there value in backing the Seagulls to win odds of
1: 11-4? Yeah, there's plenty to like about this, Dan. Um, I almost put Brighton in as my long-shot pick, sort of without knowing that, that Jamie had actually picked them as is. Um, so, so both of us think there's plenty of value here, and, and yeah, I, I really like Brighton. They, they're certainly worth an interest at home on those odds, and, and it's something that I'll be doing. Uh, Liverpool come here on the back of a poor loss to Brentford. And let's not forget that they maybe should really be out of the FA Cup. We were far from convincing against Wolves in the, in that game. And uh, got very lucky with a lack of VAR cameras, <laughs> which, which is a, a whole different talking point altogether. But anyway, sort of my only worry here is that if you look at the last five games for Brighton in the league, they, they've lost two at home and they've won three away. Um, so they're, they're losing at home and winning away. But I've still got to back them here. They've done a great job of beating some lesser teams. They beat Middlesbrough with ease in the cup. Uh, 4-1 at Everton in the league last week. A far bigger test, but I do think that there's plenty of value on offer here. I think Brighton are a great price to, uh, to beat a Liverpool team who have probably got a couple of questions over them again. Now, Jamie, there have been over
0: 2.5 goals in each of Brighton's last seven league outings and the same with mm. Liverpool's last six. Do all signs point to more of the same odds of 8-13?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you just kind of have to look at the goals they've been involved in this season um, or the number of goals they've been involved in this season. Both teams, um, Brighton, they've scored 32 times in 17 matches, but at the back they've conceded 25 times. So, you know, a team that, that scores plenty but does have issues at the back. Very much the same case for Liverpool as well. They've scored 34 goals in, in the league and conceded 22 times. So, again, a similar case there. So, I, I think there's going to be maybe a potential for a bit of chaos as well for Liverpool at the back. No Van Dijk, I think, as I said, that's going to be such a big loss for them. I think Brighton will certainly be keen to expose that. And as I said, I think they've got the players to kind of do that. Matoma, a guy I mentioned, I really like the look of in terms of a guy who could get on the score sheet here. Um, But equally, I don't think you can write off Liverpool's attacking options either. I mean, look, Mohamed Salah, obviously, will be a guy to keep an eye on. Cody Gakpo, I think, is going to come into the team and maybe have... Somewhat of an impact. I think he's going to come in and start in this one. Obviously, sort of Oxlade-Chamberlain starting the previous game. So, I think it's pretty obvious that Gakpo will come into this one. Nunes is still a guy who's struggling to score, but he's a guy who's getting into good positions. I think he's creating a bit of chaos up top for Liverpool. So, I said, you, you probably can't write off this, this Liverpool team ju- uh, just yet in terms of their attacking options. But uh, I think Brighton will come out the winners here. Um, so, yeah, I do like the look of over 2.5 goals. That That, that definitely seems the way to go.
0: While well, there's a massive clash at the bottom of the table, Everton hosting Southampton. The hosts haven't won any of their last six, the visitors have lost their last six. Craig, will they cancel each other out and share the points on Saturday?
1: Uh, I think they can both come in here sort of on the back of being happy with their cup performances, which will be seen as a positive for both teams. Um, the key to this game in particular for me is that Everton are at home. They've been poor everywhere, um, but they've offered more when playing away from home, and I think that's been because they've been without the pressure of being with the Goodison crowd on their backs. Uh, They got a point away at Manchester City. I thought they played all right against Manchester United at Old Trafford in the Cup. And that's sort of a a million percent away from what you saw when they played Brighton last week. Brighton took them apart at Goodison Park. Um, For that reason, I'm going to side with a Southampton win. Uh, Building on the Cup victory that they got over Crystal Palace, which none of us saw coming, um, 12 to 5 are the odds on offer. I just think that Everton... I would would definitely fancy Everton more in this game if it was away from home, which is a strange thing to say, but I just think the crowd's going to get on them. If this game sort of goes in at half-time and Everton have not scored, I mean, if they're behind, I think the atmosphere will be terrible. But even if they're drawing, I think the fans will start and get on the backs of the team because it's such an important game. I just think that in many ways, this this is a big six-pointer, but Everton are, are essentially playing sort of a massive, massive game in front of the home fans who have already got enough reason to be on their backs, and I think it's only going to get worse. So, yeah, 12-5 to for Southampton, I'm more than happy to take a chance on.
0: Well, this is it, Jamie, because the Saints will be boosted by their FA Cup win over Crystal Palace, one that us three certainly didn't see coming. So, can they build on this and earn a second and successive win in all competitions? Mm. Are you also having the, the 12-5? to
2: yeah, I mean, look, I think with Everton, you know, we very much know how poor they have been. But, um, yeah, looking at Southampton, I think, you know, it was obviously a massive shock to go and see them win away at Crystal Palace, um, you know, even the kind of early stages of the game. We saw Southampton fans singing, you know, anti Nathan Jones songs, kind of questioning how bad his, his style of football has been. And, you know, I think that result maybe didn't say something, maybe said more about Crystal Palace. For me, in terms of, and their struggles that they're facing, rather than what it did about Southampton and maybe having turned a corner, I think it's just kind of worth noting. You know, in the, in the games that we have seen under Nathan Jones so far, they've you know real sh- not shown not many signs really of, of kind of turning it around. And um, you know, again, you kind of look at this squad and you kind of it, it's it's very difficult to see what the Premier League quality, is in it? So. Um, it's, it's so difficult to kind of separate these two teams. Everton have been so poor. I think the Goodison crowd could play a big factor. I think that could really go either way. Um, you know, It could really be the case where they do get on the, the backs of the players. Um, so do you know what? I, I can't split up the team, so I'm not going not gonna to do that. And I'm going to go for a draw. Quite like the look of a draw. And uh, both teams to score at 7-2. to two.
0: Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. And a massive pat on the back for Craig as he absolutely nailed his Sheffield Wednesday versus Newcastle shouts odds of 20 to 1. So with that in mind, Craig, you're up first.
1: Yeah, I'm afraid I can't offer you the same kind of odds. Um, But I'm going to go with Nottingham Forest to beat Leicester 1-0, which is available at 9 to 1. As I said, not not as big big as last week. Uh, Forest beaten in the cup by Blackpool. I'm more than happy to sort of push that to one side. Uh, Prior to that, Forest won away at Southampton. Which was a one-nil win, and uh, they picked up a good point against Chelsea as well. They'll see this as a winnable game given Leicester's sort of recent run. Uh, yeah, the Foxes—they won in the cup at the weekend, but that was a one-nil win against the team that's bottom of League Two in Gillingham. Away from that, they've been beaten two-nil in the cup on Tuesday when they played Newcastle. They've been beaten in three Premier League games since returning from the World Cup, and they scored just one goal. Um, I like Forest here. I think this will be very tight. I think the odd goal will take it, and it's a Nottingham Forest 1-0 win at 9-1 to for me. A solid shout there. Jamie, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for Chelsea to get back to winning ways. Finally, obviously, they might do that against Fulham, but uh, I'm going to look ahead to the weekend's game against Crystal Palace at home. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Chelsea at odds of 7-1. to I think just looking at Crystal Palace, I said that I mentioned in, in the previous segment about the Southampton win. Of, um, it kind of said maybe more about Crystal Palace and how they have been playing and, and the struggles they've been facing. Um, obviously, we, we saw them lose 4-0 against Tottenham, which I thought was a real surprise result for me. I did not see, you know, that kind of big result coming, especially you look at Spurs having coming off the back of a 2-0 to beat to Aston Villa. So, you know, real concern for them there. Palace, they've now lost three of the last four. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and kind of you look at the, the lack of goals maybe they have away from home. They've, they've failed to score in, in over half their away games in the league this season. So I think there's potential for, for a Chelsea clean sheet here. And uh, that's what I'm going to go with. And I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Chelsea at odds of 7-1. to one.
0: Another solid shout. Check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's a few more Premier League headlines to mop up. So, in quick fire fashion, let's do exactly that. Let's go to that Midlands derby that you just mentioned, Craig. Nottingham Forest
1: host Leicester. The hosts are in better form. The seven to four for that home win. Are you having a bit of that? Yeah, I definitely am. Yeah. So, as I said, Forest picked up a, a, a very valuable three points away at um, Southampton. Picked up another good point when they played Chelsea. I know Chelsea's having the troubles up in it, but you know that's that's a, still a very good point for a team trying to uh, trying to survive this season. Leicester have come back in all sorts of troubles without sort of going over old ground. We, we did all mention the fact that Leicester were hitting form just before the World Cup and probably didn't want that World Cup to come. And we, we've seen sort of the effects of that since they've come back. As I said, that they did win at the weekend, but Gillingham are bottom of League Two for a reason, you know, and that was only a 1 0 win. And in the league, they've been beaten. Um, they've scored just one goal. Um, in those three league games that they've been beaten in. I just think Nottingham Forest will have marked this one down as one they can really win, get a big three points, really sort of continue what they've done for the past couple of weeks and really kick on and try and survive in the Premier League. So, yeah, as I sort of said, 1-0 to Forest is what appeals to me because I think it'll be a a tight game. But, yeah, the 7-4 also appeals just for them to win this game. I think it's one they can win and hopefully it's one they do win.
0: And Jamie, Leicester have been losing at both half-time and full-time in their last three league outings. Does this jolt you into backing a Forest win a at 45 and 90, odds of 7
2: yeah look just kind of looking at that market the half time full time um I, I think I probably wouldn't be rushing to kind of back a, a dominant Nottingham forest win. I think they probably will eventually get over the line. I think you know Craig mentioned there they have maybe picked up a little bit it's just one defeat in the last five as well um for Leicester, I think yes, obviously results haven't been great, but I think they've been somewhat unfortunate to have you know de- uh, been uh, de- defeated them now the times they have done. I think Liverpool was it was a tight defeat at anfield and maybe they were lucky unlucky to come away from that having lost Fulham it was a 1-0 defeat at Craven Cottage so that's obviously another tricky result maybe one on another day they could have got something from so I wouldn't be kind of rushing to back Nottingham Forest here to go on and win both halves. I think maybe better value would be for a draw at half-time and then Nottingham Forest eventually getting the win at full-time at odds of 11-2. to two. Um, But yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one because Leicester's it's kind of been mixed fortunes since, since the restart. Um, but I think for Nottingham Forest, I think with the game being at the city ground, I think the fans are going to be well up for this one. I don't think it's going to be kind of an emphatic win. I don't think it's going to be one they're going to kind of dominate from the off. But I think they will eventually get over the line here. So I'm going to go for a draw at half-time. Nottingham Forest win at full-time at odds of 11-2. to two.
0: Now that same day sees Wolves play host to West Ham. And Craig, this is another encounter that could have ramifications at the bottom of the table. Wolves seem to be clicking under Yuli Lopetegui. Is 13-8 to 8 a
1: good enough price to back further progress? Yeah, it's a really tough one this. But I have landed on a Wolves win in the end. Uh, West Ham stopped their losing run with a 2-2 draw against Leeds in the league last week um, I think they probably think that they should have maybe won that though So it's more two points dropped rather than a point gained They really sort of gave Leeds too much room in the second half When Leeds were chasing the game Didn't close it out well at all uh, They have won in the cup since then But I think, I think I may have one foot on the bandwagon of saying that Wolves have turned a corner And they're on the way up um, I'm not going to go overboard just yet We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks but it's been miles better, hasn't it? Wolves have really, really started to show something. When and, you know They're just showing something. Um, they played well in the Cup at Liverpool. A bit more freedom than what we've seen from Wolves recently. But essentially, maybe they just tracked that as a bit of a free hit given the opponent and the competition that that was in. But the signs are definitely there. This is a massive, massive game for them. The only thing that I do sort of wonder about is that the Liverpool game, as I said, I think they may have just treated that as a bit of a free hit, whereas this is a game that you know, the, the pressure's on. They, want to get, they definitely don't want to lose, but ideally they want to get three points. But having said that, I am going to still side with them. Um, this could potentially get them out of the bottom three and could put West Ham in it. Uh, so it's a very, very big game, but I'm just going to go for Wolves to edge it.
0: Now, Jamie, with that said, you could argue that West Ham are slowly turning the corner. They've got an FA Cup win over Brentford. They've got that draw with Leeds in the league. Would you opt for a West Ham double chance of
2: four to nine? I'd, I'd say probably not. Um, I think, yes, there were two, obviously, decent results in the, in the last two outings. Uh, I think a draw at Leeds, I think Craig said there, probably should have gone on to win that game. But, you know, still a, a, a decent draw. Um, Ellen Road, obviously a big win over Brentford. You know, I think we were very much expect, expecting the bees to win that one. Um, so that was obviously a bit of a shock. But uh, I th- still think we need to see more. Um, meanwhile, you kind of look at this, this Leeds team obviously making a really strong start to life under Julian Nopetegui at the moment. Um, I think they obviously got a win over Everton. I think they were unlucky to lose that game against Manchester United. Obviously see Rashford scoring fairly late on in a 1-0 win. But then they've also, you know, in the last two, they've obviously gone away to Villa Park, got a draw. They've Gone away to Anfield and got a draw. So they are a side who are certainly kind of picking up. Um, becoming a lot tougher to beat at the moment. So, actually, I'd probably be leaning the other way and going for, for backing Wolves here um, in the double-chance market. Um, obviously, they're priced at the same at four to nine. I just think given kind of the form that they've been in under the new manager, um, I, I, I I fancy them more here. And especially with the game being at Molyneux as well. So, uh, yeah, I would, I'd lean more towards Wolves in the, in the double-chance market here.
0: OK, then, as for Brentford, they play host to Bournemouth and Craig, the Cherries have lost seven of their last eight league outings. Can they finally find a win at the weekend, or are they 17-4 to four for good reason?
1: Yeah, I think they are that price for a good reason. It's Brentford for me here. I, I really like them in this one. Uh, when you look at Bournemouth, four games that they came back after the break, uh, with no win and no goals. They had to wait until... They played championship opposition in the FA Cup before they could even get a goal. Uh, they got two against Burnley, but they still lost the game. They were at home to a championship team. And, and yeah, we, we all spoke on the podcast last week about how much we fancied Burnley. But, you know, Bournemouth should be doing better. They're playing a championship team. Um, to me, Bournemouth are on their way into the relegation zone. And, and I think when you look at the teams around them, and we've sort of just mentioned about maybe sort of West Ham and Wolves both maybe slightly turning corners. I think if, if Bournemouth do drop into the relegation zone, I don't think they'll come out of it. Um, I think we can forget the Brentford game in the Cup. Just a complete blip, just a one-off. It, I, I did think that Brentford would maybe take the Cup really seriously and, and go all out in it, but maybe not. Um, before that, though, let's not forget the great win at West Ham and then a really good performance to beat Liverpool at home. Um, those are far, far superior to anything we've seen all season from Bournemouth, never mind what Bournemouth have done recently when they've been poor. Uh, there's only one winner in this one for me, and that's Brentford. So I'm, I'm really sort of very, very confident on a Brentford win. Well, Jamie, the Cherries have also failed to score in each of the last three league outings. Could you envisage
0: a win to nil for Brentford at odds of 2-1? Mm. to one?
2: Yeah, well, look, I, I brought David Rayer into my FB, FBL team this week. So I think that kind of gives away my answer on this one. I do think they will win to Neil here. Um, as you said, you know, Bournemouth, they've kind of been really poor in front of goal, especially recently, you know, having, uh, you know, so you said mentioned there, you know, fell to scoring the, in their last three um, and, and Brentford as well, you know, been really solid defensively as well. Um, so, yeah, I can kind of only see this one going one way. Uh, and I do think it will be a winter nil for, for Brentford. Um, so, and, and they're obviously playing some great football at the moment. It does seem to be like there's you know, a really good feel factor at, um, you know, over there in West London at the moment. Obviously, you know, we saw Thomas Frank recently sign a new contract. Um, you know, maybe we might see even Tony back soon as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Brentford winter nil. I, I like the look that.
0: Craig, the Blues host, Crystal Palace, what's the best bet you've got for me?
1: Yeah, I'm going to double up and go with the Chelsea draw again in this one. Um, similar reasons to what I gave for Thursday's game, really, when they're playing Fulham. I just can't back Chelsea right now. I've not got enough trust in them to uh, to think they can go out there and get a victory. But at the same time, just as I don't fancy Fulham to get the win on Thursday, I, I don't fancy Palace going to Chelsea and beating them either. Um, it's not a game I want to get too heavily involved in for sort of reasons mentioned about Chelsea before. 3-1 to one for the draw on Sunday. I think that's fair enough for a bit of an interest. Uh, so, yeah, it's the draw for me in that one.
0: Okay, it's time for our final bit of business. It's that odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an we try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me?
1: I'm going to go with Exeter to beat Forest Green on Saturday. They're available at seven to ten. After a small blip, Exeter are back on track. They had two strong away wins in the last two games, away at Bristol Rovers and Oxford. Uh, they're back in the top half, and they've lost just one of their last six games. In contrary to that, so at Forest Green are bottom after four defeats in a row. A few weeks back, I mentioned their lack of goals and how that could potentially lead to them being relegated. And since then, they've let striker Conor Wickham leave on a free transfer. So that's only made things even worse for them. I think Forest Green are unfortunately heading back to League Two. I like Exeter to get a win on the board here and continue their good, good recent run. So it's Exeter to beat Forest Green for me at 7-10. to 10. Top shout. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve?
2: Yeah, um, Osasuna, they're enjoying a good season at the moment in La Liga. They're currently sat eighth. Um, so I kind of like the look of them to get back on track here. They, they're at home to Malaroca. Um Their last two games have seen them uh, lose as well. Um, they did lose away to Real Sociedad and, and Athletic Bilbao. But again, those are two away games. Um, they're two teams that are flying at the moment. Real Sociedad, they're third in the league. so And uh, Bilbao, they're sat in fifth. So I think you can maybe forgive them for that. Um, You know, you look at the fact they are eighth, despite maybe losing their last two. So they are enjoying a good season. They're back at home this this weekend. Um, And I do like the the look of them getting the win over Mallorca. And that's the odds of evens.
0: That's a very good shout. I'm off to League Two as Harrogate play host to Stevenage. Now, after Sunday's incredible cup win at Villa Park, Steve Evans will look to lead his men to three more important league points. They are very much in the promotion hunt, and that's due to a run of nine league games unbeaten. Not only do I think that run extends to 10, but I'm back in the away win at odds of 10 to 11. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the FreeBets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. I'm really looking forward to watching me an excellent weekend of Premier
0: League football. Top man and Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Yeah, all good, thanks. You know, lots to look forward to. I think that Everton-Southampton game is going to be one to keep an eye on. Wolves-West Ham as well at the bottom. That's going to be another interesting game. And then, of course, you've got those two big derbies, the Manchester derby and the North London derby. I think they're both going to be um, games full of goals, full of excitement. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to this weekend's action.
0: Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say, before I have a sip that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time... Goodbye.